Good afternoon. This is uh, kind of a test broadcast. I wanted to develop this podcast. And uh, so uh, I want to talk to you today about, or I want us to talk today about this whole idea of wrestling with God. I've been thinking about that lately. And because uh, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s, I uh, was a fan of big time wrestling. My formative years, I uh, tuned in all the time. As I understand it, it's uh, kind of gravitated towards more sophisticated names. I think now they call it Raw, uh, WrestleMania. But, you know, my personal favorite, I think, is SmackDown. Uh, I've come to wonder, though, uh, over the years, just how big time a sport could be with grown men parading around a ring with too much uh, body uh, crammed into too little material. Well, they sport uh, outlandish hairdos, even more outlandish names. Back in my day, uh, there was Bobo Brazil, Andre the Giant, and uh, Bruno San Martino, just to kind of reconnect you with a few. Uh, forgive me, I have to tell you, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. It was uh, the stuff of, uh, you know, Saturday afternoon when you had nothing else to do, or you couldn't find a date. So I've been thinking about this recently when I came upon the passage of Genesis 32, where Jacob finds himself wrestling with God. And I've wondered, you know, why, if ever, do that? Why wrestle with God in prayer? More often, I hear people claiming the promises of God, maybe, uh, maybe uh, quoting the prayer of Jabez, guaranteeing their prosperity and influence. Or my personal favorite, the off-quoted passage from Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, most often asking God to honor the plans that we've already made for ourselves. You know, but less do I hear praise, you know, for the practice of agonizing with God, even anticipating the spiritual wrestling match that the Bible unpacks as wrestling with God. I wonder if we would be better suited and less fearful of our circumstances if we found ourselves more in, inclined to the discipline of intercession than that such a wrestling encounter requires. It's more about preparing for such a future life. Uh, and I hope to address that more in future podcasts. How do we, how do we prepare for that? Admittedly, I, I'm no expert with the tenaciousness of such a match. More often than not, I tend to whisper a thank you to God when he responds to my request in prayer or silently grumble when my burden has been dismissed, can't talk to that this afternoon, with the slam of a door or the feeling that I should be back later when I'm better prepared. But you know, uh, I think texts like Genesis 32 beckon me to explore his, this relationship I have with God and they reassure me that God specializes in his work with the flawed of us, you know, those of us with warts, and provide me with a hope that such success in this strategic discipline is possible. So, I don't know, what can I take from this unique encounter in the Old Testament? It is really unique, you know. Um, very few times in Scripture, if ever, uh, do you have this kind of encounter, this kind of literal, literal, excuse me, physical encounter with the living God? It's just an amazing piece. 
Well, first, I, I see a reason for the struggle in the prayer. By all accounts, the sum total of Jacob's experience over the last 20 years was positive, with one very glaring exception, his relationship with his brother. He had a wife, he had his herd, and he had enjoyed, a, I think, a quite large matter of success. But he didn't have the peace of a settled past. It still haunted him as he prepared to return home. Um, you can read about that. Um, and at some point, we should explore that too in uh, Genesis 32, particularly verses 6 and 7. Secondly, uh, I see Jacob's interaction as a prayer of desperation. He reminds God of his promises. And just to make sure, I love this, just to make sure he separates, uh, separates out a large gift for his brother well in front of his own departure. The gift, the wife, the kids, and the caravan all precede him on his way home. Some might call this, I think, front-loading your arrival. But once alone with his thought and his thoughts, he wrestles. This passage has long fascinated me for its naked honesty and authenticity of desire from a desperate man and the willingness of a God to engage it with us. Uh, check it out. If you've got your Bibles, you may want to turn to Genesis 32, um, beginning in verse 26, I think. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God, with men, and have prevailed. I find that uh, tremendously interesting. So make no mistake about it. Uh, when the wrestling is done, it is clear that Jacob believes that he has been wrestling with God. In fact, his life if not his name, will never be the same. He's going to pass through life forever more with a, with a limp, a constant reminder of his weakness for God. But he will go on with a precious reminder of a newfound closeness in his relationship with God. God, a God who has embraced him, who has challenged him and blessed him. Why, why in the world then should I care? Why, if you're listening to this, should you care? Well, our wrestling with God, first of all, becomes a tool for the disciplined life. That's my interest. I've spent the last 20 years of my professional life thinking about the disciplined life, the spiritual disciplines. Jonathan Edwards, the, 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 the disciplines that mark us and make us stronger. And so as with anything else, any other discipline, this one, wrestling with God, operates more easily when it becomes a habit, where we come regularly before the throne of grace and bow carefully to his will. Such wrestling becomes the basis for a regular intimate encounter and embrace with the covenant God. And a really neat experience, the one who allows us I guess you'd say, allows for our expression, our uncertainty, and our anxiety. Even as we flail about grabbing for anything, just something that will hold us secure. 
And then there's this um, call to interact with God in a new way, uh, a chance to walk with him in a new way, one which commends to us nothing less than the struggle, a wrestling contest where our pleadings are taken seriously and our cause now heard because of its proximity and its persistence. Jesus himself suggested as much in the parable of the persistent, if not hungry man of Luke 11. There is one final caution though I wanna leave you. Simply bearing the name disciple does not guarantee an innate ability to wrestle out the burdens of life. Jesus' disciples were front row observers, I think, for the vitality of the Savior's prayer life. He taught them to pray. He showed them how to pray. And yet when the final exam was given at Gethsemane, they showed up with no stomach. As Robert Duran once noted in his contest, no mas, they had no stomach for the match. So then if you're looking for something to kind of coalesce these thoughts, I have a quote I want to leave behind you. So then we wrestle not as pulpiteers or professional showmen eager to display all the worldly prowess of our own strength, but as pitiful, even poor and needy sinners, holding fast, if only we might emerge as one who thrives, not merely as one who survives. I want to leave you with a couple of applications, if I can, that I think are born out of Genesis 32 and and this, this concept. Remember, and I have it in terms of remember, reflect, and repeat. Almost reminds me of the shampoo that you use on your hair every day that says rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, that kind of thing. Remember first, wrestling with God is a skill that can be learned. The disciples of the Gethsemane meltdown are the very same troop who later outlasted the pressure of the Jewish leadership who had demanded their silence. This kind of life can be learned. Secondly, reflect. Wrestlers are always needed. This is the time for open enrollment, and it's been extended. God is looking for those who will worship him with their whole heart, who will engage him with their whole body, their whole lives. And thirdly, repeat. Why not develop a steady habit engaging God for the things that really matter in your life? He will always show up for the contest. I hope you've enjoyed this initial podcast. I'm still trying to work out the bugs. I know some have asked that I do some more uh, Facebook Live and all of those kinds of things, which may be. But I wanted to I wanted to experiment with this podcast, so I appreciate your feedback. Uh, I'm going to try to distribute it and uh, develop more. So thanks for uh, your attention. Uh, thanks, thanks, uh, thanks for your tuning in. I, I hope to at one point engage some good authors of mine, uh, books that I've read, uh, just things that are um, calling me to live the intentional life and the daily life, uh, one that pleases God and walks and improves himself through his walk with him. Thanks so much. See you next time.